0: Welcome to Boss Babies and Bottles, also known as B3, hosted by me, Jessica with a Y, where we talk about how to successfully run a business and capitalize on your strengths while joining motherhood, in my case, twin motherhood, and throwing some crazy shebangs along the way. So pop that bubbly or grab that glass of wine and get ready to unwind. welcome to today's episode of boss babies and bottles and i am super excited to welcome today's guest miss erica hartwig of owner of organic moments photography this is just going to be a really great one guys cuz erica is just an amazing not only photographer but has just an amazing story, has five kids, has a fostering story, which we're going to go through, and is just an amazing mom boss. So I'm just super excited to dive in. Why don't you
1: tell us a little bit more about yourself? I own a photography company with my husband, which is awesome because we get to work together full time. That's all we do. And (laughs) we also have five children. At one point, we had seven children. We fostered two other children as well. We just are normal people who are going through life, traveling with our kids, and running a business.
0: Yeah, that's and it's insane. You guys do um, these really
1: cool trips every year, right? Yeah, we every year we take about six weeks to eight weeks, and we travel the country. We've been to every state besides four. Besides four, which four are we missing? <laughs> we are missing North Dakota, Hawaii, Alaska, and Nebraska. So okay. Um, we have to get to those Nebraska, and will be easy in North Dakota. But I think we need to plan a trip, maybe a, a wedding in Hawaii. We should do an anniversary one. You can plan it for me.
0: Yes, maybe we. You know, Hawaii is beautiful. It's uh, it's very tropica and beautiful, and the kids will really love it. I always love to ask people like, "What did you originally study/slash start out doing?" Um, sure. Because it's cool to see how people transition from what you
1: originally thought you were going to do to what you actually do. Josh and I, my husband, were both in the mortgage industry. He was a mortgage broker. I was a manager of the call center we had there. And I was doing mortgages as well. That's how we met. And then I started doing photography of my kids. And I started doing photography of my friend's kids. And then all of a sudden I did a wedding and I fell in love.
0: Mm. And of
1: course, because I fell in love with it, I dragged him. Because I was like, I like hanging out with him. You know, it's, it's something enjoyable to do. Come do it with me. I don't want to be alone doing it. Yeah. And that's how we, we started being weekend warriors. And then finally we transitioned into, okay, we both need to quit our, our mortgage life and go into this full-time.
0: Yeah, I can't even imagine how you did this and that at the same time, like two, two things. Because doing photography for weddings is, is, I mean, it's really just a full-time job. I mean, planning weddings, obviously for me is a full-time job, but I can't even see like photography also because you have so much editing and so much to do still during the week.
1: I think a lot of people don't realize being a photographer, it's so much more than the pictures. The pictures are the fun part. It's the, you know how it is running a business. It's the SEO, the website building, blogging, you know, just planning when you're going to edit and when you're going to post and things like that, that really take up the time.
0: It's also time consuming, which that's what people don't understand. A lot of people always ask me like, "Oh, is this all you do? And I was like, I have no time to do anything else but plan weddings yeah but really. <laughs> if I had time to do other things, then let me tell you. And obviously, I love this podcast.' This is more like a passion project than anything for me, and because I love you know, just sharing my story and empowering women. but it's it's a lot of work that goes into the whole entire thing. So tell us then, let's ch- I mean, let's chat a little bit about events first, you know, before we go into the kids. I mean, obviously, we love weddings. that's why we do them because weddings is just a whole different ballgame, especially when you look at you know, mini sessions and family sessions and corporate sessions, like weddings is just a completely different emotional ballgame. So what's your favorite part of a wedding?
1: So for a wedding to me, like you only get one shot, you can't miss, it has to be correct. I love the emotion. (laughs) Yeah. So like, that's why like when, you know, I have friends, we teach photography classes as well and Mm -hmm. they do portraits, like if God forbid the kid doesn't, you know, listen that time, they can come back the next day and do a session with a wedding. I can't tell a bride to come back the next day and let's redo it. Um, So you definitely have to to get it right that first time. Um, Mm. I love the emotion. I just, I love couples in love. Like I really love my husband and I enjoy seeing other couples who love their significant other also Mm. and documenting that for them.
0: Yeah, I I have to agree. I think, I mean, I think my personal preference always is doing couples that when you look at them, you're like, wow, okay, this is amazing. And I know that sounds terrible because then that means that we're saying that other couples don't look that way. But there are couples that are like super nervous and it's like, it's hard because you're trying to
1: photograph them and they're just like, they're nervous or they're not fully there. You know what I mean? Or they didn't want it. Sometimes, I mean, we've all been at a wedding where like the couple would have rather eloped and ran away. Um, I've been at weddings where the couple did elope and run away. And I, like, they tell me, like they whisper, like, don't tell anyone we've been married for a year, but this is for my family. So, and those are a lot more are, than we'd like to think. Yeah, Yes. And I always feel bad for those couples because I'm like, this isn't what they wanted. They're doing it for someone else. So they're not like all hype about, you know, the bouquets or something that we're like, oh, look how beautiful this is. They're not as excited because they're like, eh, I'd rather be on a mountaintop, you know, just with my significant other.
0: Yeah, totally. I... I get that I think I wanted both if there was a way for me to have had both I would have done it like there was there's I love the intimacy of doing you know just an elopement just the two of us but then there was also like the fun because obviously we love to party yeah Yeah. so there's also that fun of like you know doing the big party and doing the big you know shebang which was you know it's always a lot of fun so uh, my favorite part of a wedding is always I feel like the ceremony it's so, especially if they read their own vows or if they do like the little love letters.
1: I'm such a sucker for that and the dad moments. So I think my favorite part is after the ceremony. Like after, the, so you do the when wedding. Finally normal, you mean? Yes. So after the family, <laughs> that's <laughs> over and I get them alone and I'm like, okay, let's go run away and take some magical pictures. Yeah. I get to see how they are by themselves, how they're interacting and like, they just feel relaxed because beforehand mm. that stress is sitting on them. And I love that part. That's my favorite part of the day.
0: Yeah, I agree. When the, when after, especially as we do the first look, after the first look, everything's just significantly calmer. Yes. Uh, which is nice. So, I mean, you guys have just so much creativity because you have to come up with all these different shots and positions and every single time, you know, which we do weddings. On season, for sure, one at least every weekend.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, like, where do you guys get your inspiration, your thoughts from, and all of that? To me, it's just challenging yourself to be better. You always want to, you know, be the best you can and come up with something new and see light differently. It's always about, for us, we're always studying. Like, we're never like, oh, you know, we got this. We know photography. Especially like with what's going on right now, being home all the time, we've been practicing and, you know, taking our kids out and doing new techniques. We just want to come up with new things. So that's our goal.
0: Yeah. I mean, and, and you have to, especially because the world that we live in with, with the generations that keep coming up, they just keep getting that everything's just so different all the time. And nobody wants to see the same thing every single time. Social media is amazing, but you have to post different shots. And I'm always like, it's always, it has to be different every single time. It has to show that creativity and you guys really have that. So that's always really great. So, I mean, I guess, tell us about your hardest event.
1: <laughs> what happened and what kind of disasters did you guys deal with? So I think the hardest event for us is, I could think of like a few that come together and it always comes to a bride who maybe didn't she didn't go with our timeline she didn't go with the planner's timeline she kind of was like I'm doing my own thing and I'm going Mm. to make my own timeline then we run into the issue where like all the pictures were in the dark even though we bring lights and we have off-camera flesh she had pictured like she sent us a Pinterest board and it was all these beautiful light and airy pictures but she didn't want to do a first look and then after her ceremony it was dark outside and I'm like hey all those bright and airy pictures aren't happening because I can't ask the sun to come back out. And then she's frustrated because she's like, can we do a day after shoot? And it's like, well, this really isn't my fault that you didn't listen to the planner or us. You know, you always want to be accommodating, but at the same time, like it's a business. And, you know, then you end up being like, okay, if you'd like to book, you know, a hair and a makeup artist, then we can do a day after shoot or something along those lines. Um, yeah. But that's always the hardest. It's
0: always hard. I think, you know, I, I work really hard throughout the, without, with the brides throughout the time to make sure that they're making the best informed decisions, and there's always those that go with what we say, and then there's always the ones that go against what we say. Yeah. And and it's difficult because obviously I always sometimes I sometimes I want to say I'm like you hired me for a reason, right? You know. So, uh, and but that's a tough balance also even for myself as a planner, just yeah. like not overstepping, but also at the same time trying to guide and making sure that they understand, and then.
1: There's a family who's like you know if like the moms maybe like little like no I think you should do this and they're listening to mom instead of you who you go to a wedding every weekend you know. I just want to say if
0: there's any moms listening, I love you, but this is not the '80s and
1: '90s. <laughs>
0: exactly, you know, like things have changed, and I always feel I even feel bad sometimes approaching the moms. I'm always like, I'm like, I know, mom, I know, I'm sure that that's that's how it was, but this is how we do it now. And sometimes I've had to convince moms about first looks and, and that's a hard one because they did not do first looks back in the day and they don't understand a first look. They don't realize the importance of it. And because I'm all for it, of course, I'm the one that's like, let's talk about first look, mama. Let's really go through this together. Yeah. <laughs> I remember telling my family about first look. They were like, you guys are going to do what? But you're getting married in a church. And I'm like, what does one have to do with the other?
1: No, but, and how nice was your wedding? Like my favorite part of your wedding when we photographed you guys and then we have the fam, like your whole bridal party come out and then you guys walk to the church. Do you remember you guys were singing we yes. were photographing you guys, like, holding hands and singing with all your friends. That was one of my favorite parts of your wedding. Yeah, it was It was a lot of fun, and a bunch of people saw us, and it was right across the
0: street, guys. We didn't walk, like, that long. <laughs> yeah. I also do want to put a disclaimer. I've told you I'm a hot mess. Like, I was wearing Kate Spade kids, guys, like, sparkly kids. I was not wearing heels.
1: I did not... Even it was, it was like a block. I mean, it was literally across the street. Yeah. <laughs> well, and for any brides listening, wear sneakers. It's a thing that makes you feel better it on your wedding day. Totally <laughs> a thing. <laughs> wear sneakers. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no,
0: yeah, you should see my grandmother's face when I told her I was going to wear sneakers. I think first look and sneakers were the two things that I got backlash on from my family.
1: Really? Aw. Oh yeah. It it even tell, it's not even though Your dress covered,
0: traditional, I get it. Yeah. You know, I'm so used to dealing with those conversations that the faces I got, like when I took those sneakers to get my dress altered and my grandmother was there and she's like, why did you bring those? Where are your heels? And I was like, oh, they're here, but I'm like, not really going to wear those. Like those are just going to be like for show and she's heels for show. Heels are not for show. Heels are to wear. And I'm like, I know abuela, like I know, I know, but like, I'm not going to do it. (laughs) Her face, I thought she was going to kill me. One of my favorite moments are those photos of me and my girls just singing. And, and it was funny, even though I had already seen my husband, for whatever reason, we walked, me with my girls and him with his guys. Yeah. Yeah. They, we walked separately to a certain extent. Like not really, like we were all together, but like in different groups and that was awesome. But yes. yes, I know people need to, I always tell people, I'm like, if you hire a professional, it's for a reason, you know, we're only giving you advice for a certain reason. But at the same time, I do understand you have to do what you want in your wedding.
1: Yes. You know? So one of my brides, the wedding I'm thinking of, they asked after their, after they got their images back, they love their images. They love the emotion, the family together. But they said, can you Photoshop like a blue, you know, sky in this black background basically. And I was like, you guys were the ones who wanted to go on the beach when it was dark out. Like I can put stars in it would look maybe a little bit better, but they wanted it to look, it was pitch black and they wanted it to look like it was a nice sunny day. And I was like, if you would have only listened to me and just like maybe moved your schedule up an hour, you know, or something. And it's it's just hard because they don't know and they think they're doing the right thing and it's not their fault either, but. It's yeah. You're not hard. a
0: miracle worker. You can't make night into day here.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> I swear that they asked that.
0: <laughs> so. I, I did ask that. You know, I, I, I've always thought about making a, <laughs> the memoirs of a wedding planner book, you know, just like the things that we get asked and things I get put through sometimes. I'm like, I need to make a book of some sort. But I guess that's what this podcast is for. I need to do like a an ode to weddings. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just some of the crazy things sometimes that happen. Yeah, 100%. So you're a mom, you have your own business. It's crazy because it's five kids. And obviously right now, my question more than anything else is just, what are your like, top, three bids, top three tips for just running your own business and, and being, you know, this mom boss
1: and being, you know, for lack of a better term, a bad butt, you know, at what you do in a boss, babe? So I think flexibility, you have to be flexible. If I wake up in the morning and something happens and the kids need me, maybe I push my schedule back an hour and I can't get mad at the kids because they're kids. You know, you just have to be very flexible with your schedule. I think you can't get burnt out. You have to, you know, at a certain time turn off your phone. Like you you probably know because you probably try to reach me sometimes. At like seven o'clock at night, I turn my phone off half the time. I have a house phone. If my mom wants to call me, you know, if there's an emergency, she can get a hold of me. You have um, a
0: house phone. Tell yeah. me about this.
1: <laughs> I don't know. It comes with my It comes with my, <laughs> comes with my Comcast. So it just appeared one day. Um, but we have a house phone and if you know if someone needs to call me and it's like my mom or my grandma or something they call the house. Otherwise I turn my cell phone off because you know how you get in that routine. You pick up your phone to answer. And all of a sudden you dive into, you see an email, you dive into the email. Oh, this bride needs a contract. And it just goes from there. Mm -hmm. I noticed that I need to be with my kids at night, you know, whether it's family movie, game night, whatever we're doing, they need a few hours of just mom's not working. And when you work from home, that's really hard. It is. It's hard even, I would even tell you like
0: not having kids yet, just having a dog and a husband, I still find it sometimes difficult and I'm always connected. I have my cell phone and I have my watch on me, especially if I have my watch on, which some days now I don't have it on because, you know, we are home all the time. It's kind of different. But if I, if I have my watch on, then I'm on you know, and I'm working that day and it's crazy and I know everything that's happening. But if I don't, I leave my phone somewhere and I'm just off. I think I told, I texted you the other
1: day. I was like, I sometimes don't have my phone on me anymore. No. And you need to like, especially when you have those babies. One of the best tips I can give is, so I have an assistant and my assistant, he answers all of my emails. He sends out my contracts and then he comes to me about three or four times a day and says, Hey, you have these emails you need to answer. I know we're living in a world of Amazon Prime. I've wrote a blog about this before where brides are instant gratification. They think they can write to you and within an hour, I'm going to respond. Sometimes they'll write to me at nine o'clock in the morning and I'm not going to respond until noon because my assistant from nine to noon hasn't given me an update. And then at noon, I know who I need to reach out to. And for me, that assistant is worth every penny because they answer the emails and they set up my appointments and I just know, you know, at certain times who I need to answer. But I would say, because the burnout is the thing that will ruin a business. If you get too burned out, you won't be excited. Like I'm still excited to go to weddings, especially now because I haven't done one in a few weeks. Oh my God. Tell me about
0: it. I, I don't think anybody will be complaining about anything or no. related for a while.
1: <laughs> no, 100%. So, I mean, for me though, I, I never want to get burnt out because I have got burnt out before. We've been doing this for about eight years now. And when I first started I was doing mortgages and photography on the side, Oh my God! There was no time for me. Forget time for anyone else. And that's one of the most important things you can do is make sure you set time, like set a schedule when you work from home.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's a big thing because a lot of people have always asked me, like, "Wow, you work from home? That takes a lot of discipline." I'm like, it does, but at the same time, like, it's totally doable. Like, I know that if you've never worked from home, which there's a lot of people that don't. And they don't understand the concept of working from home. Well, now they
1: understand it because now they've all been
0: thrown into it. This is all very true. (laughs) (laughs) This is all very true. But I think like you set yourself a schedule and you follow that schedule and that's just kind of what it is. And then I love the idea though, that you said about being flexible, because obviously with kids, you know, there's only so much you can do. And I have an assistant too, and I I can't live life without her. She knows. I tell her every day, (sighs) how happy I am that she's on with me because it is it is a lot sometimes um, to try to do everything um, for sure so so tell us about your five kids and your fostering story I mean that's just I mean I'm always in awe every time I hear about it Aww. and I, I think it's something that a lot of listeners would love
1: so we have four boys and a girl and we have a 13 year old a 10 year old an eight year old a six year old and a three year old I think right, I got I was that again that was way too fast even for me when I know your kids. <laughs> We have 13
0: of these. 13,
1: 13. 10. 10 yeah. Okay. 6. six. Wait,
0: eight. I forgot the 8. 8. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> forgot one. I'm sorry. 8,
1: 6. 6 and 3. And 3. Jesus. Yes. Yeah. And we, and we did just lose, we did just have a miscarriage, so we would have had another. So I'm like on all aspects. I feel like I could talk about any topic someone throws at me right now. Oh, and you know, when, when that happened, it's such a crazy thing.
0: I was very fearful of that happening to us, and, and thankfully it didn't. But I, I
1: can't even imagine. How oh, no, you don't expect it, that to happen to you. You hear all the stories, especially after having, you know, I had four healthy pregnancies. So the fifth one, I just thought it was cake. I'm like a baby-making machine. <laughs> and I still think you are, by the way. I still look at you as a baby-making machine. <laughs> well, we still plan on trying again. So, <laughs> so after, oh after God. six kids. what do you do with six kids? What do you do with five kids? All right, keep going. That's one more. <laughs> um, so the way our ages go, though, the 13 and 10-year-olds are two oldest sons. Um, we had, and then we had our six-year-old. So we had that gap. That's where our our eight-year-old comes from. Her name's Summer. We got, she came from Josh, my husband. His first cousin had her and two little boys. Okay. When I met Josh, he had the two little boys. He was fostering. So when I met Josh, he had them and I had my two older boys. My two older boys are from my ex-husband who passed away. We would do play dates. We would get together and just kind of like hang out with the kids And then the parents ended up getting the kids back, Josh's once he was taken care of. They worked the program, they worked the court system, and they were able to, you know, get them back. They had reunification and it was great. So Josh and I ended up continuing dating. We get married. We have another baby. And then all of a sudden we get a phone call. You guys are the only family member who can take these three kids. Will you take them? Otherwise, we're splitting them up in different houses in Miami and we live in Palm Beach. So we were like, what? This is crazy. So, of course, without thinking, I say yes, and Josh says yes, and it was funny because he was leaving for New York the next day. So, he's leaving for New York, and all of a sudden, I have six kids in the house, and I'm just kind of looking around like, what the hell am I going to do with all these kids? Um, and he left for a week to go on to work weddings in New York. Okay. And we, t- we ended up fostering the kids for about a year. And- from three to six. Yep. One and then we got pregnant two months later. We decided to try to have a baby during that time. Oh, because so that makes sense, right? <laughs> most, people sense. Would, most people would count that as like a contraceptive <laughs> in itself. Like, have
0: a lot of children in my house. Let's let's so, down, not you guys.
1: No, we wanted to, our thought was we wanted to have another child. We didn't know how long we'd be fostering for. Yeah. And we didn't want to have a big age gap. So we were like, you know, let's just try. What's the big deal? And of course we got pregnant. And well, I didn't think I would get pregnant. To be honest, I was still nursing, so I was like, "Oh, it's hard to get pregnant when you're nursing." It's I heard that. Is that true? Not, no, because I got pregnant. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so not true. Good. Good. No, that, that is a myth, everyone. <laughs> Mythbusters, right here. Um, <laughs> but so we got pregnant, and we had the kids, and it was it was very hard at first because we had the t- the two boys were a little bit mean to Summer, our daughter. And we had to do some therapy with that because they had unfortunately seen abuse. You know, their parents, they got taken away because there was drugs in their house and they were abused. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they just, they weren't in a good place. It was very hard. And then my two older boys, their dad had just passed away. So there were so many mixed emotions in my house with losing a parent from two kids and then two other kids who lost a parent, parents, but they were still alive. So- we started working the program with the, the court system to see what was going to happen. If we were going to, you know, keep the kids indefinitely, what was going to go on. And the court recommended that we split the boys from Summer because was, there was kind of a tiff between them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Summer had already started calling us mom and dad. She was like attached to us. She was only three when we got her. So the other boys also were the same age as my older boys. So my 13-year-old and my 10-year-old were the exact same age as the boys. So it was like having two sets of twins on top of that. And there was a lot of you know, who's the best in school, who can get dressed first for school? Just there was so much competition, it wasn't healthy for any of the kids, but that's how kids are. What happened was the parents ended up doing drugs and failing their their you know reunification. They kept not showing up to court dates. So they were like, these kids are going to be put in the system to be adopted. And we recommend that they be split up though. So I literally went to Facebook. And posted in a group I was in for fostering, and said, "Is anyone looking to adopt and I must have got a hundred people who were you know inquiring about these kids and I went through a process like I was giving away my babies almost because it was heartbreaking. These were our first so they're josh 's first cousins. he had had them almost their whole lives because they were you know with him in the beginning and then left for a year or two and then came back. We went through this process and we found this family. The dad was a principal at a school, and when I walked in, I was wearing a necklace, and the necklace wasn 't anything special, but it was from a certain jeweler in Texas, James Avery. And like, nobody knows about this jeweler. And the mom looks at me and goes, is that James Avery? And I was like, Ooh, that's so weird that she knows that. Like, it was just like, I don't know, like one of those weird signs, right? Yeah. We ended up connecting with them so much and they were like family. So they ended up adopting the boys. We had the same adoption day. We adopted summer. It was, it was amazing. So they're the same size family as us. Also, they have three older kids too. So also five. Yes. So, so when we get together, there's a large group of people.
0: They um, just don't understand what you do with five kids.
1: It's the same you do, you're going to do with two. It's the same exact <laughs> two. Yes, two is not five. It's you know what it is. So I look at the parents during like all this going on with COVID. And I'm like, I'm so thankful I have five kids because they all play with each other. If one gets sick of the other, they go in the other's room. They bounce back and forth. And I'm like, man, if I had an only child right now, that would stick. That would be, I would feel so bad for those kids. Yeah. And that's, I think, one of the
0: biggest benefits I've always told myself with having two at the same time. I'm like, they are going to have to entertain each other. However, they're also probably going to come up with a lot of mischief together. Yes, you know pros and cons, but hey, yes, I do see when you say that. Of course.
1: Yeah. No, they're they best. My that's the thing. Like I, people are always like, "How do you have five kids? Don't they fight?" Like, sure, they fight. One of my kids, I think, broke their finger last night. Actually, they were fighting so badly. Great. But <laughs> they yeah. slammed a bar on one kid's finger, and I don't think it's really broken. But when they bend their finger, like they can bend their finger, but it was it was bloody. It was bad. It was a nerf. It was a nerf war gun fight thing that just got out of hand. Um, nerf
0: war gun. They got out of hand. Yeah, I mean, I remember those when I was younger. Uh,
1: Yes, they, we bought a 1,200 Nerf bullets the other day off Amazon, uh, 30 bucks, best thing we ever bought. And they oh, were having this Nerf board. Bullets for $30. Yeah, that's, that was a steal. That, that sounds like a really good price. Yeah. <laughs> and They were having a fight and one kid went to run out of the room, slammed the door, one kid's hand was in the door. Psh, of, course. of course. But at the end of the day, they're such good friends. And I honestly think that might be because we travel. So like if I can recommend something to you as a mom, If you want to do road trips with your kids, I always hear people like, oh, I'm waiting until they get older. No, start when they're young. Because if you take them and they get used to being in the car, like my kids are used to road trips because we've been doing it since they were babies. They know we get in the car and we're going to go on this amazing trip for six weeks or eight weeks. And they're just not, you know, they're not looking for their PlayStation or whatever. They know that this is what we do. So I think it's good to train them young about things like that. It's good
0: to train them young about everything. I'm also a big believer in training my kids young that they're going to be a little scared of me. I know that sounds crazy.
1: Hey, I've seen they, how your dog looks at you. So I, I think you're good. They need to know that mama's a little crazy. Yeah. No.
0: You know, they- like at any point in time, I need them to be like, no, like to their friends, you know, like, no, I can't do that because you don't know my mom. Like, she, yes. she, like no. that's, that's how I want them
1: to be like, to not really know if I'm crazy, like know that I'm crazy, but like, not know if I'm going to do it. No, you need that. Josh and I were, it's funny. We were talking about that last night in bed because our oldest is 13 and he's almost six feet. He's so tall. Like, I, it's I really- see
0: photos of him and I just can't believe how much he's grown.
1: He got offered. That's before, that age. Yeah. Before all this started happening with like, you can't go out of the house. We were Dunkin' donuts a few months ago and they offered him a job. And I was like, how old do you have to be to work here? And they were like 18. And I was like, It's funny because he's 12. He was 12 at the time. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's not holding on to that application for six years. We were talking about if he didn't obey us, he like, he could, you know, if I like went to like smack his butt or something, he'd probably laugh at me. He'd be like, well, mom, like I'm way stronger than you. Yeah.
0: So. 100%. Yeah. My husband, this story the other day to me too, about how, you know, he's obviously bigger than his mom. His mom's like four foot ten. I mean, Oh, I love his mom. You've seen, yeah, you've seen my brother-in-law. She's not very tall. Yeah. Neither is my husband, really, sadly. But he, uh, he, he says that even when he was older, that she would come up to him to hit him, that he would be scared. And he goes, now looking back, I realize that I probably shouldn't have been scared, but I was. And I was like, see, that's the fear.
1: That's yeah kind of fear that I'm looking for (laughs) like it's like did you ever have a grandma like with a wooden spoon it wasn't like if she was going to hit you with it like she never hit you with it but she'd hit a table and that noise just scared you yeah well we the Hispanics we have the chancletas
0: you know the flat yeah no you don't want your grandmother holding that in the air (laughs) um so yeah no I feel that so that is just a beautiful story so you guys now have summer and then after summer you
1: got, yeah, you right. yeah so after well, so we actually had hudson dur- we got pregnant during um the process of adopting summer summer was in foster care i just saw a thing i think it was 622 days she was in foster care and she when she came to us she didn't speak she was kind of like a selective mute um she was so shy she had to have i think it was 11 teeth pulled because they said that maybe she didn't brush her teeth enough, she wasn't getting the right nutrients, like they were falling apart, crumbling in her mouth. Um, I have a picture of when she was, when she first came to us, and it breaks my heart, so look, we had to get her like basically dentures when she was three years old. Um, they were called implants, not implants, they were, uh, I can't remember, but it, this, her adult teeth came in, right? Yes, so they came out probably a year ago, they pushed out themselves or two years ago, and that's when all of her teeth started coming in. Um, but it was such a sad process because she was afraid to smile because she didn't want anyone to see these broken teeth. How, how could so, you not? I mean, yeah. that's a cool. So she had a lot of like emotional trauma. And now I laugh because I mean, I know you see like my Facebook and stuff. She is the most Sweet. outgoing little girl. She just asked me yesterday if she can start a YouTube channel to teach people like how to do backflips. And I'm like, she just she... learn how to
0: do the backflip off the pool.
1: She just learned from the pool, but she can do it on the ground too. Um, to do gymnastics. I'm so sorry. She can do yes. a backflip in and out of the pool. Yes. She, got, she had enough courage to do it into the pool, but before that, she could do you know, she can do everything. It's crazy back bends and I don't know. She's just amazing, and she learned it all from YouTube, and then we put her in a gymnastics class. Kids in YouTube. Yes, well, and then she was like, "Can I do a YouTube channel or a TikTok channel?" And I was like all right, we'll look into doing it for you, you know? She wants to teach others how to do gymnastics, so. So sweet. Yeah, so. And then again, you had two kids after her. Well, one, one more because technically. So, yep. Yeah, we had Hudson after her. Um, Well, we had him during the adoption process, but he, and Hudson is her little baby. He actually asked me the other day if we really adopted her or if she was lying. He goes, you didn't really adopt her. Right? I was like, yes, we did. And he was like, no, she was in your belly. And I was like, no, she wasn't. And then we had the last pregnancy, uh, but obviously it was a miscarriage. But yeah, no, she fits in our family perfectly. We have four boys, so all of them are boys, and then we have her, and she is just absolutely perfect. Like the last
0: boys, no problem.
1: Oh my god, she's gonna be like one of those girls that like girls are gonna hate her because she's just so cool. You know what I mean? Like she can get in a fist fight with the boys. She'll box with the boys, like not even think twice. And then she is like great in school and a gym does gymnastics. Like she's just she's so
0: sassy too. She's so cute. Ah, oh, well, that's a beautiful, beautiful story. Every time I tell a bride, I'm like, they got five kids, okay? I don't know. And they, every bride always looks at me like five. And I'm like, obviously, you know, I'm talking to brides. They have, most of them have no kids. Yeah. They, they can't even fathom one child, let alone five.
1: <laughs> so I think that's why I like weddings so much. I think I've told you this before. To me, a bridal party kind of reminds me of being at home. I yeah. have all these people going in different directions. They don't really want to listen to you. I mean, the only difference is the bridal part is drinking and my kids don't drink. So but. But tell you, I think adults are harder than children. Um, I say it every single time. I'm like,
0: me hurting <laughs> drunken adults or adults in general, you don't yeah. even have to be drinking is harder than children.
1: Yes. No, it's, but it reminds me of home. Like it's like that close. Chaos. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, and I live in that chaos. I thrive in that chaos. So that's why I love weddings. You thrive. I guess I, I guess I thrive in the chaos
0: too. So maybe I shouldn't be nodding my head at you. Yeah. Like nodding my head at you. And then I'm like, no, but you know what? I do it every weekend and I do. I love it. Yeah. I, um, they drive me crazy, but I, I love it. Nope. hundred percent. That's weddings for you guys. It's one of those things.
1: We're making people want to get married to having this conversation. Yeah.
0: We're totally. Well, well, some, most of them, I think our listeners hopefully are, are, are not hopefully, but most of them are married. Probably not actually. I shouldn't say that. Most of these, most of these girls are not. Uh, but you, you should get married. Don't
1: yeah. No, weddings are absolutely amazing. But everyone has been, like most people have been in a bridal party. And they know that a bridal party can get chaotic. It just, it's one of those things. You always have someone who doesn't want to like obey the rules of the, the bridal party. Well, it's typically a
0: groomsman. And it's typically the groomsman that's been a groomsman more times than he can count.
1: Yeah. I can pinpoint him from a mile away. To me, it's that sister who's like the baby sister's getting married first. And like, she'll be like, no, the bride will be like, no one can have a braid in her hair. And all of a sudden the sister walks out with a braid in her hair. Like, well, I'm wearing a braid. and that sister always drives me crazy. If you're that sister, don't do that. Yeah. Do yeah no, they exist. They're out there. No. Oh, so if you could give your
0: younger self a piece of advice, I'd love to ask this. What would it be? I
1: think not to stress the little things, the little things don't matter. Yeah. You know, like if just for business wise, the little things that you think matter that you think are so important, like, if you didn't get the picture you wanted, that like for me, if I wanted to create a picture and maybe I didn't get that picture, the bride doesn't know that I was trying to like make some special picture that I had planned. She didn't have it planned. I don't think that that's as important. Or even for your kids, like your kids, if you go to bed and maybe you didn't fold those clothes, like don't be so hard on yourself. It's okay. You know, like you have this idea that everything has to be perfect and clean, but once you have children it's just not going to happen. Like, there, we have, for instance, I'm looking at right now, we have a sock bin in our house. I have given up on giving my kids matching socks. I have one place for socks in my house. If they want to find them, come find them. Every few months, I throw them away and buy new socks. And like, you just can't stress the little things. So that's one of the little things that I'm not going to stress about.
0: is I thought about it that the other day. I don't have kids yet, once again. But yeah. my husband cannot keep two pairs of socks. Like- <laughs> I'm throwing yep. away his socks, and I don't lose any socks. Yeah, so I'm very, I'm very baffled at how he loses socks all the time.
1: Yeah. Oh, wait till you have kids, and you're trying to find like those little socks.
0: Yeah, and then what? And then I'll. Yeah, you're right. I shouldn't stress it. I'm stre- I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm literally like
1: stressing just thinking about the sock issue. Yeah. No, I'm literally looking right now at a sock, and like we, so we live in Florida. Like, how often do you really wear socks? And when you're not in school, like during the summer, right? Yeah. So we, we, I made a sock bin at all the socks go in there. The kids in the morning, they dig for their socks for school in there. And that's just the thing I'm over little things like that don't matter. And as a mom, like if you have to make Mac and cheese one night for a perfect example, last night, I'd been making all these amazing meals during this COVID-19 thing. I became a chef. And last night I was just over it. I was so tired. And I was like, guys, you're going to make dinner. And I like made it a game for them. So I let the kids make dinner. They made Mac and cheese. It was organic but they made mac and cheese. They made chicken nuggets, GMO free, and they made French fries. And Josh was like, Erica, what are you making for dinner? And I'm like, the kids are, and I made dessert. I made banana bread, chocolate chip, banana bread. (laughs) But I was like, I'm overcooking today. So sometimes that's what you have to do.
0: Yeah. I'm all for that. I'm all, I'm all for that. I'm all for ordering. I'm all for if my husband chooses to experiment in the kitchen, be my guest. <laughs> I have
1: like a backup plan. I'm like seriously, I'll be like, okay, you can make whatever you want. I'm gonna make a quesadilla for myself. Yep, so.
0: I'm all for it. I love it. All right,
1: so last
0: question. I love asking all of my guests. What's your favorite bottle or drink of choice? My favorite drink is coffee because I
1: have a lot of kids. <laughs>
0: so. I guess you are. You have five kids. How do you survive without that?
1: Yeah, no. Coffee is my go-to drink. I, if I had to, you know, have one drink for the rest of my life, I think over water, it would be coffee. So Wow. See, I don't drink coffee. Oh,
0: just wait. You will yeah. once you have kids. I know. I know. That, I, know that's, <laughs> I say it because everyone's like, you don't have kids yet. I'm like, I know. I just don't like the, the, the whole taste behind
1: it. So I, not even the taste. To me, coffee, I like what it does to my brain it makes me focus more. Yeah. Actually, I just watched Anderson Cooper on TV he, he said the same thing. He never had drank coffee until recently and he liked the effect on his brain. And it's re- really just, it makes you focus so much. It like gives you that genius hour that you're looking for.
0: Yeah. Just the caffeine though. I'm already so naturally like energetic for the most part, obviously not during this last, these last few weeks of pregnancy, but sure. I'm always so like on it when you see me like that's a no coffee, Jessica right there.
1: Oh, wow. I never noticed. you.
0: Drink yeah. Coffee. I'm like, this is, that's a no coffee. Like everything I do is like no coffee. So yeah. I have it. It's because I'm dying. Like I have to be dying. So I probably have maybe like four or five in the whole year. And when I have it, I'm like on a different level. Like I, it's me times 10, you know? Yeah. And like, I'm just like, I, and, but then I cry bulletproof. So we do bulletproof coffee. Are yes. you familiar with it? I am not. I don't <clears throat> know anything about coffee.
1: So bulletproof coffee, it comes from Dave Asprey. It's a brain octane. We buy it like specifically from him and it makes your brain function the best way possible. It puts the right fat in your brain. It also, we do collagen right in my coffee. So every morning I have my collagen, I have my brain octane, and then I also put in it a prebiotic in my coffee. And you're supposed to mix it with butter in a blender and make it all like pretty. I just put it in my coffee and drink it, but it's supposed to be really, really good. And you used to do fasting. So I do the intermittent fasting and then I do my coffee in the morning and I don't eat until about noon. Yeah. Uh, My coffee fills me up. So I'm not like hangry.
0: Well, send me the link to that. We're going to put it on there for you guys as well. If you guys are interested in brain fuel coffee. I feel like I might need it. I'm not going to, I'm not say, I'm not opposed to drinking coffee. I just have not in my life yet. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm already on a certain level. I feel like I'm, I'm already sometimes like at an eight to a 10. And
1: when I drink coffee,
0: I'm just like a completely different human being.
1: Well, I'll have to send you the link. You have to try it, especially yeah. after you have those kids, because I don't I know mean, if you're playing. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Are you going to nurse the little ones? Have you decided if you're going to try or not? We're going to try
0: nursing. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. You know, we're flexible over here
1: though. Also, I don't know if anyone has told you, but so I nursed like for 10 years, basically with all these kids, remember you're going to be hungry while you nurse. Like you're going to be like, why do I still feel like I'm having cravings? And you legit will have cravings because your body will be like, maybe you want broccoli because you need that. Um, you know, and you will be like, this is crazy. I'm so thirsty while you'll be so thirsty while you're nursing. Yeah.
0: I've I've already, we've we've looked into it. We've read about it. We've taken classes on it. So we're ready for it, but we're also flexible because we got two
1: kids and we don't hold any cards in our hand. I feel like. Well, if you have any questions about nursing, let me know because I feel like I'm an expert because I did nurse for so long. And I will tell you the one thing. People can say they nursed for a decade. Yeah. And I will tell you the one one thing someone told me that started me. So my first kid I had in my early 20s, and when they told me their story, that's this is why I nursed, they were like, just picture it's like back in the day where you're either going to nurse or your child is not going to survive. Like think of it that way. And like people, and I know people have problems with nursing, but I don't know. I I used to work out, I used to, you know, diet, and I might I never fluctuated. I always had milk. Like I probably would have been one of those wet nurses in like a cave somewhere. People would have brought me their babies to feed them. Think of swim it. Swim, baby. That's my motto. Yeah. That's how we're going to do it with breastfeeding, everybody. Swim <laughs> swim. Yep. It happen. <laughs> yeah. And then plus it benefit, it makes you lose all the baby weight. So that's awesome. Yeah.
0: Which, you know, that's always a plus here. Always a plus. I'm looking forward to it. So thank you so much as always, Erica, for joining and for just always being such a huge supporter. Thank you guys for listening, of course, to this episode of Boss Babies and Bottles. We will see you on the next one. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I cannot wait to chat with you guys soon. So make sure if you haven't already, subscribe to our next episode and follow my craziness on Instagram at ebjevents events and at canal.twins. I promise you something's always happening.